Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back. Welcome back. So it's been two weeks since my last episode. Um, I have to say the world has changed um, substantially in two weeks. So you know, there's a lot of ground to cover today, but I first want to start out by saying I hope everyone is be is safe. I hope everyone is staying home as instructed, unless you are an essential employee. And to all my essential employees out there, you know, shouts to you, shouts to being out there on the front lines. I mean, and everybody who's out there, you know, we all know about the healthcare workers and the doctors and paramedics and EMS and firefighters and all those folks who are out there on the front lines in that way. But there are a lot of people who are essential to, you know, functions that we take for granted in um, in staying staying kind of some level of normalcy during this crisis. And that's our folks who work at MTA and who are keeping the trains and stuff running and folks who are <clears throat> in leadership at companies and organizations that are trying to stay, you know, stay open and keep folks remote and re- working remotely. Those folks there are a lot of folks who um you know, this has been a, a trying time, you know, all of our hospital workers who are not patient related, but those who are preparing the meals and those who are doing the, the science behind the scenes and the lab techs and the cleaning staff. And even in your own places of business, if it is open food service places where there are people who are doing the, the housekeeping and the cleaning, you know, and our folks in government, the folks who are doing the right thing, we have to acknowledge those folks. So there's a lot of people who are out here on the quote unquote front lines and really just really just taking care of business now and, and not resting, not being home with their families. Um, shouts to them. You know, so much has happened in the last two weeks. Um, but the main thing I wanted to cover on this episode is that, you know, the last episode was we're in a crisis. So now what this episode is is more like we the end of the crisis is not necessarily in sight and the crisis itself has evolved. We've gone from what you can describe as a health crisis, which I think a lot of people did not take seriously. A lot of people believed was not going to impact them. Um, and in a very short window of time, this crisis went from a thing that was happening somewhere else to a thing that's happening in your backyard. Um, and for some people happening directly to them, directly to their families. And it's become something that is, is generating a lot of fear and anxiety in a lot of folks, but it's also something that's kind of correcting some people's vision or misconception that this was not something that should be taken seriously. Um, if you live in New York, which I do, I live in New York City, um, you know what's happening here. We are in, we are the current epicenter of this coronavirus um, pandemic. We are currently have the most cases in the world. Um, the death toll is climbing. People are dying from this disease rapidly. Um, it is no longer something that is impacting the elderly or only high-risk people. Uh, you're seeing people of all ages um, and even people who you may not perceive to have, you know, these very stark underlying conditions, but people who are suffering, people who are hospitalized, and unfortunately, people who are dying. And I think the more people are learning of people that they know, who are dying, it's becoming more real to folks. Um, and, and, and that is what it is. You know, California has been on a lockdown. 
New York City, New York State has been on a lockdown now. The state of emergency was declared, I believe now, about almost three weeks ago. And um, the stay-at-home order is now going on um, going on two and a half, two weeks probably of a full-on stay-at-home order. And, you know, now we're seeing the the peak and people are saying, well, what's happening? We're doing what we're supposed to do. But the reality is <clears throat> the early cases are now coming to a head. People who have been hospitalized early on are now um, unfortunately dying, um, coming off of ventilators and dying. Um, and so you're going to continue to see the increased numbers. In New York City, you're seeing at this point at least 100 people, sometimes more, are dying overnight. You wake up and 100 more people have died. And that's not something that the city's used to seeing um, across this country. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, and allergy season is in full effect. So forgive my voice and everything because the allergy season is just not trying to be kind to us during a pandemic. Um, you know, you see that over the course of this pandemic in New York and in and in the country, more people have died um, through this pandemic in America than died on 9-11. And as this continues, if when they run the numbers, more people will have died from this pandemic than probably in every war we've ever fought in this country. So <clears throat> understand what that is. You know, we are in a crisis. Um, and the issue again, as we just discussed, was the health crisis of it, right? You know, unfortunately, people are going to get sick. People with underlying conditions are likely going to die. And it's going to end up it's closer and closer and closer to home than any of us would like, but it's going to happen because that's just the nature of where we're going. On the back end of this, um, as I mentioned to you in the last podcast, we're walking into a fiscal crisis, a financial crisis. As a country, personally, as individuals who are losing their jobs and losing their employment um, at rates that we've never seen, the number of people who have applied for unemployment is had broke a record. Um, across the country in one week because that's how many people were thrown off of of the of the working through this pandemic through these closures through the fact that we need to do social distancing people have lost their jobs and cities are going to begin to suffer because um in an effort to be better um they've they've taken or eliminated things that are part of the tax base. They said, okay, we're gonna, like for example, in New York City, they've suspended alternate side parking. Alternate side parking means, if you're not from New York, is that there we have street cleaning and they clean the street, so you need to move your car from being parked on one side of the street so that they can clean that side of the street. And then on the other days, on the other side, so it's alternate side of the street parking. Something that people do and try to do, but most people fail and then they get tickets and that's revenue to the city. Um, businesses have to pay taxes there's sales tax, there's city tax, there's all these taxes, and those are not being paid right now. Fines and things. People are less um people are less out and about. Excuse me, therefore they're not receiving fines. So these are things that bring money into the city. Um the city is facing a budget deficit because they're not collecting this money. And therefore, um, we'll have to make budget cuts. Every company is ending up in the same way. Delta just announced initially when the crisis began that they weren't going to lay people off and they've kept to that so far. But um, their CEO took a six month forbearance of his salary in order to 
um, avoid having layoffs because he thought maybe this would be a short-term thing. That did not pan out. Now he, they're doing 25% cuts to people's salaries. Um, they're making adjustments. They're doing other things so that they can try to stay afloat. And the government has signed a $2 trillion um, bailout package, which is supposed to bail out a lot of people, but will mostly bail out corporations and companies and industries that are being hit hardest by this pandemic, which would be the travel industry um, the most and likely in some aspects, the retail industry, but definitely the travel industry, the airlines and the hotel industries have been hit tremendously hard. So that brings us to you um, and what that $2 trillion bailout was supposed to do for you. So keep in mind that this bailout that was signed has a lot of things that a lot of people like to hear. People, individuals, not companies. Companies knew what they were getting because they lobbied for it. But folks, people, you, me, right? Um, they were looking at how they were going to help the average American who's going to suffer through this through this process. The average American is going to suffer through this process, um, through this pandemic, both health-wise, emotionally, people's minds are all kind of jacked up. But people are going to suffer financially. And they're going to suffer because businesses are going to, companies are going to need to lay people off. They're going to have bottom line issues and companies are just going to overall go out of business. So what do they do for people in the meantime? Um, many states have gone on and, and their governors have said, hey, we're going to suspend evictions. You know, they're going to make it so that if you were about to be evicted, you cannot be evicted right now. So that's kind of been a, a, a general the general thing that governors have done because you know there's no there's no point of evicting people during this period of time they have nowhere to go they have no money etc there's no point okay suspended evictions um somehow people took that rule and i'll use new york state as an example but it's happening in most of the states in georgia and and in um in in maryland somehow people took the fact that the governors were suspending the initiation of eviction processes due to, due to this period of time to mean that they did not have to pay their rent. Also, um, there was a lot of, 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 of messaging out there about the mortgage. If you have a mortgage, companies are saying, hey, you don't have to pay your mortgage. Um, I didn't, my, my bank did not tell me I don't have to pay my mortgage. I don't know that you or anyone else got an email that said, hey girl, that mortgage, don't you worry about it. Didn't hear that one bit. What I did hear was that companies, banks are not going to initiate foreclosure during this time, right? So understand something. In the 2008 housing crisis, um, which turned into a the Great Recession, um, that was truly probably a depression. Um, let's talk about a few things about that time. One, if we classify what a, a recession is, a recession just means that the economy is is actually not growing; it's going in the negative. So it's just a it's it's opposite. It's the opposite type of growth you want in an economy, right? As long as things are going in a positive direction, you have positive job numbers, you have positive economic growth. You're in a, the economy is moving. Once you get to the point where you have job losses that are in the negative, meaning 
the jobs go from growth to now losses. So every month, and so when they announce the jobs numbers, you're talking about instead of 100,000 jobs added, you have 150,000 jobs lost. You're going into a negative condition. And there's a series of, of very technical things that lead to a bunch of those negatives that will let you classify it technically as a recession. Recessions are cyclical. They happen. Um, it doesn't always, always have to be on the precipice of some major event like this or the housing crisis or 9-11, all these things. But you know, they're cyclical. It happens, right? The economy is going to go. Then whatever is sending the economy to, bo- to boost so high will hit a peak. When it hits that peak, it will start to go down. And eventually it will go down to a point where the economy will slowly go to a grinding, probably halt as far as growth goes. But then something else will happen, pick back up. And again, it's a cycle. When it happens based on an event, outside event, 9-11, the economic crisis, um, natural disasters, etc. Then you see that people fit, focus on and pay a lot of attention to it because it's what drove, was like the question becomes what drove us to this place. Here we are in 2008, um, during that period of time, the big person, the big um, bad, bad person during that time was the banks. The banks and banking industries and, and, and got a lot of bad rap for how they handled um, the situation that they created. They created a situation where people were over leveraging in homes and, and they had created this mortgage crisis of um, lending to people who, who they should not have, predatory lending, these bad loans, selling them, balloon payments, blah, blah, blah. They had created this thing and then it was their work and what they did to create so that they could get rich. It's what they did that led to the housing crisis and eventually the crisis of 2008 for which we all saw a huge economic collapse basically. And that is what they, they led to that. They got a really bad rap about that, rightfully so. They caused the crisis and then the country had to bail out a lot of the banks in order to eliminate us, our our chances of going from a recession to a full-on depression. The government didn't really have a choice but to bail them out. Um, there's a debate about how they did it, et cetera. But at the end of the day, there was no choice. It had to happen and it did happen, but they got a really bad reputation from that. And so, um, from a PR perspective, they took a really bad hit of just being people who didn't care about people because they were, they did not care. They had predatory loans. It was a bunch of, of just nonsense. And so this time around, when this happened, there was an opportunity for companies to appear to be better. Um, you know, it doesn't benefit any type of bank to take back possession of a home. It, to foreclose on a home doesn't benefit a bank. They don't want the house. The, the money they make is off you and the mortgage and you paying the mortgage. Your house is never going to be valued at the amount of which you spend 30 years paying. The bank is always going to win in that. We know that. And so the bank does not want to take your house back because it's a loss for them. So anything they can do to avoid foreclosure is in the best interest of a bank. They do not want your house. They'll come get it if they have to, but they don't want it. And so in these instances like this comes up, it says, hey, we're going to figure out ways so that you are not going to be penalized for the fact that you may not be able to pay your mortgage right now because you are suddenly thrown out of work, right? Um, and they're making different provisions and stuff. So people have questions, right? Um, again, I start by saying this is an individual bank um, situation. Whoever you have your mortgage with, you need to discuss this with your mortgage company because Trying to go with some overarching thing that you heard will land your ass in um, foreclosure seven months from now. Just keeping it a buck. Right now, no one's going to initiate foreclosure against you. If you were paying your mortgage on time, you have no reason. April 1st is going to come. I mean, I'm assuming you paid it on March 1st. Like I'm assuming you paid your rent and everything else. Because at March 1st, nobody didn't know where we were at. 
now it's about to be April 1st. April 1st is, is in two days. So the question becomes, should I pay my mortgage? Should I pay my rent? Now I'm going to tell you this. If you have a job and you are still working and getting paid, I am unclear as to why you would not want to pay your mortgage. Now, I've heard from folks who are saying, hey, what if I lose my job in a month? I'm going to need that money. I don't know what that means because <clears throat> I'm assuming if you lose your job in a month, you're going to need your place to live too. So if you lose your job in a month and you can't pay your mortgage in a month, having the mortgage already be a month behind is not helpful. If you are someone who rents the same thing, if I don't pay my rent in April and I lose my job, then I'll have the money, but you won't have, but I mean, I don't know what you have the money for because now you're a month behind in your rent and I don't know. I don't know. I think this is a, I, you know, people are telling me, you know, I'm going to not pay my rent for three, three months. They can't evict me. I'll have that money in the, you know, in my savings. And then I'm wondering, I'm waiting for the rest. And then what will happen? What will happen next? You know, I want to focus on the mortgage for a second because I think a lot more people are thinking and considering about that. Um, there, there may, there may, and I don't know if this is just going to occur yet, but there's an opportunity on a mortgage to throw three months of a mortgage on the back end, extend your mortgage on the back end. That's an op there's an opportunity for that. Um, there's also an opportunity that if you are three months behind on your mortgage, which again, I would not want to be by choice. If you don't have a choice, if you've lost your job or lost your income, that's different. But if you have a choice, I don't know why you'd want to be three months behind on your mortgage, but Trust and believe that the mortgage people are going to get their money regardless. So they may tell you they'll throw it on the back end. If they throw it on the back end, it extends your mortgage for three more months. If that's 30 years from now, of course you don't care. And if to you it's better to have, you know, $6,000 in your in your savings and uh and 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 if you're if you clear, if you're clear that that's how your bank is going to treat you, meaning they're going to say they're going to erase these three months from right now and throw it on the back end of your mortgage. And you have that in documentation and in writing. And that's when you're going to take that information and go forth and not pay your mortgage for three months. Then go forth. Um, I don't know that you have that in writing. I don't know that anyone has that in writing. And I don't know that banks have agreed to that. But if that is what you have an agreement from your bank on that, then then if and then you feel there's a reason to not pay your mortgage, even though you have the money. I, I can't tell you that you can't. I can't tell you that you shouldn't. I don't understand why you would um, because I don't know what hoarding money is going to do for you in the long run, in the sense of your mortgage. If you have not had that agreement with your bank, if your bank has not told you that they're going to throw your 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 um three months you don't pay onto the back end of your mortgage, you need to pay your mortgage. And here's why. This is going to end. I guarantee you, I don't know when, but it's going to end. And unless it ends with the world ending, which because the possibility and listen, pfft, if y'all know me, know that I am 100% for that. If this, if, if this is going to be the end, then it's fine. We're going to all wipe this whole thing out in one fell swoop, whatever. But unless this ends with the world ending, uh, the bank's going to want their money. And don't mistake the sympathy and the caring and the commercials and the very nice ways in which the PR folks are trying to seem very caring during this time of, of crisis for this country. Do not mistake that to believe that when this shit finishes, 
somewhere around the summertime when everything's kind of quieted down people stopped dying from this they figured it out got it under control don't you believe for one second the mortgage company's not going to be tap tap tapping on your door wanting their money now how they want their money is going to be one of the one way or the next how how they decide to get it from you is going to be a, a decision between you and your bank but trust and believe they're going to want their money your landlord is going to want his or her money and if he doesn't get it he or she's going to put you out because by that time, ain't going to be no rules about putting you out. And at that time, you're going to be three months behind on your rent. Now, maybe the courts will be kind and say, okay, this person was three months behind during the global pandemic. We'll, 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 we'll let them spend a little more time before we evict them. But trust me, it's not going to be good. And also, companies are going to make you quantify this. You know, it, it, we all are not hitting a hardship. Many of us are, but many of us are not. And so if you're a person who's not hitting a hardship, you must know that someone's going to make you quantify, qualify that you were a person who received, who had a hardship in order to receive the benefits of this. Here's the other thing. Much like when people aren't staying in the house, even though they should, because they feel fine, but they don't want to stay in the house because they don't, they're not really considering the collective for you to take advantage of a benefit that's being put out there for people who have lost their jobs for you to take advantage of that benefit for really truly no reason except I guess you believe you're going to stock up your savings or so you can spend money on something else you are part of the problem you are a part of the problem if you are in a crisis mode if you are in a situation where you need this benefit please take it work with your bank work with local and state you know authorities figure out which way you can survive this and take advantage of all the benefits that have been placed out there for you to for you to benefit if you are a person who's going to be impacted by this negatively but if you are not if you are a person who is still employed still gainfully employed still earning your money still making sure you can pay your bills why would you not why would you step in to take advantage of something that doesn't impact you why would you take away a benefit from someone else who could use it because benefit this benefit is not infinite and also, understand this, just like the folks who don't want to stay in the house, right? People who don't want to social distance. If you don't stay your ass in the house and away from other people, this staying in the house order is going to last longer. The more you try to go outside, go to the park, stand across from people, go to this place, go to that place, have little parties, want to do this. Oh, I don't care. I'm going to do the XYZ. I'm not, it's my kid's birthday. I'm going to have a party. The longer you choose to do that, instead of just sitting the hell down is the longer all of us as a collective group are going to be on punishment. We're all going to be in the house. We're all going to be stuck on this. It's going to go longer and longer because the spread of this virus is going to continue and continue. It is similar in the same way. The more people who attempt to take advantage of what is going to be a benefit out there for those who have been negatively impacted by this crisis, the longer the economic part of this crisis is going to continue. And here's why. Because you don't pay your mortgage, that impacts the bank. The bank is someone's employer. And the more banks are losing money because you don't pay your mortgage, is the more in which people are gonna people who work for the bank are gonna get laid off. If you rent, if you rent from a company and you decide not to pay your rent for whatever reason, not because you can't afford to, because you don't want to for this new reason that you've come up because you think you shouldn't, is the more that that company that owns that 
that apartment building that you live in is going to have to start laying people off is the more that pe more people are going to be out of work, which means more people aren't going to be able to pay their bills, which means more people are going to need this benefit, which means more people are going to need to be out of work. More people benefit more. You see where this is going? So if you can work from home, you should be working from home. If you can pay your mortgage, you should be paying your mortgage because you are not the person who needs this right now. It's the same way as if you go in a store. If you don't need toilet paper, why the hell are you buying toilet paper? You buy toilet paper so you can hoard it. But then the whole problem becomes because someone else still needs toilet paper and then there's not enough. And then there's more, you see, you see where I'm going? But if you got enough toilet paper at home, don't go to the store and buy toilet paper. If you have the money to pay your rent, pay your rent. If you have the money to pay your mortgage, pay your mortgage. Don't take advantage of something just for the sake of taking advantage of it that you don't need unless you need it. Because when you do that, you are subjecting the collective to a longer and more extended version of what we are all considering to be a huge sacrifice. And you're doing it out of this pure selfishness and a position that doesn't make sense. Should you be saving now during this period of time? Absolutely. Should you be more conscious of what you're spending your money on? 100%. If you are someone who's still earning a, a living right now, God bless you. If you are someone who is still able to bring in money, this is an opportunity for you to save, save, save. This is not an opportunity for you to buy, buy, buy. Now, I get it. The economy is suffering and bet companies, you know, my email is full of every company I've ever shopped with telling me that it's 20%, 30%, 50% off of everything. I get it. The temptation is there and it's great. But what I need to do is resist that temptation because I need my money, right? Because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where we're going, right? I'm going to pay my mortgage in two days. Guarantee. I'm going to pay my car note in two days. 100%. I'm going to pay my cell phone bill and my cable bill and all the things that I need to pay. What I'm not going to do is shop, right? What I'm not going to do is order anything that I don't need. So I've been spending money only on food and groceries. I'm not buying anything else. I'm not buying no clothes. Ain't gonna know where to go. I'm not buying no shoes. I'm not shopping for furniture. I'm not buying anything that's not going to help me right now to sustain during this pandemic. I'm not doing it because, and that's going to be my savings because I'm not, I'm not ordering in food. I'm not outside. I'm not barely buying gas to put in my car. I'm not doing a lot of stuff. By the way, gas is super cheap right now. I want to get gas just because it's super cheap, but my tank is full. So I don't really know. I can't take advantage of it. Not when I'm missing out because I really like when gas is cheap. But I'm going to pay my car insurance. Like I'm going to pay the bills that need to keep getting paid, but I'm also going to save money in a sense of, I'm not going to be out spending money the way I normally did. And I'm going to resist every temptation that is there to shop during this period of time. Listen, we are all in this mess. Okay. It is harsh. It is hard. It's affecting many of us in many different ways. Our whole entire lives have been turned upside, upside down. I'm going to guarantee you that most things that have been turned upside down are never going to turn back the correct way. Um, if you are a person who for the first time has been given the opportunity to work from home, know that your company and your business is watching this because if they can, they will increase your ability to work from home going forward because they now can see that it works. If you are a person who's quote unquote working from home, but you aren't doing any work and you aren't working, know that your company is paying attention to that and know that you will be on the chopping block come when this stuff recovers because companies are going to need to cut back because they're going to have taken so many losses so this is not an opportunity to coast for the fact that you're working from home and can't and you know you quote unquote aren't doing anything this is probably perhaps a better time to try to shine because um unfortunately 
And I don't say that to be callous, but jobs are going to be scarce in the next year. And if a company can look back at the time when you were, when you guys were remote and you kind of stepped up and took, took the lead and did a good job, they may be considering your position remaining rather than someone else's who was just like, eh, I'm home from home. I'm chilling. I'm doing whatever. I'm not responsive. I'm that person. You may be that person to see um, an unemployment slip. It just is what it is. Um, So this is, this is the time that's going to extend long beyond when the virus is, is taken care of. Um, when the virus is, is contained, when people stop dying at the rates that they're dying from this and when the hospitals can manage it and when people, when, when half of the population, as they estimate, um, gets it um, and in America, that's 150 million people, um, you know, when, when that time comes and when we hit that peak, what will happen after that? The economy will do its thing and it's going to be bad. And I'm not even here to sugarcoat you, sugarcoat it. This is going to be bad. You know, we, I had talked about, when uh, Donald Trump got elected, I said, you know, we all need to begin to get ourselves recession proof because he's going to put us in a reception recession when they when they approved those tax cuts that were only really for the rich and didn't really do much for the middle class. I said it again. We're going to go into a recession and the, and the economy was heading towards a recession pre um, COVID-19. Here we are at COVID-19. We're going to plummet. You know, this the economy is crashing left and right. You know, stocks, you look at the stocks prices for businesses and companies that have been very very lucrative. The travel industry is huge. The airlines are huge, a huge part of the economy, a, a huge backbone of the economy. A lot of people who work in those industries are out of work. You're talking about the service, food service industry. People are out of work. I'm talking about restaurants and waiters and people like that. The entire um, grooming industry is basically out of business right now. There's no nails. There's no hair. There's no haircuts. There's no beauty salons. There's no, um, None of those things, waxing and lashes and all those things all done right now and hoping crossing their fingers they can sustain on the other side. You know, in entire industries, the movie industry, like the theaters have been closed. There are no movies to be seen on there. And then because of social distancing, they can't even make more movies. So people who are who make movies and the whole industry of people who make TV shows and movies and all that all on pause. And I know people say, don't cry for them. They're rich. They're not all rich. The person who does the craft food service on the movie set is not rich. The makeup artist who does the makeup is not rich. The person who does the hair is not rich. These are just average working people and they're out of work. Okay. And these industries are gone. You know, Disney World has been closed um, and is going to remain closed for an extended period of time. That's a whole bunch of just average citizen workers who are out of work. You know, the summertime is coming on the East Coast and amusement parks and stuff open. They won't or there'll be very limited openings. Um, all of these industries are taking in tremendous hits. And those are people who who will need a break on their mortgage, need a break on their rent. Those are the people who need that. If you are a person who has a job and is going to be able to sustain in this, then you should pay your bills. You should pay your bills because you should do your part to keep the economy going. Listen, everyone has to make their own personal choices. If you know, you know, because you know your industry, you know what's happening. You know that after, you know, you only may be getting a break right now, but in a month you're going to be laid off. You have to make some decisions, right? You have to make personal decisions. Some things, there are some things unique, right? And I, I give a lot of general advice. Some things are unique to you and, and your specific situation. So if you have a specific situation for which you believe, and after you've done all the calculations that paying, not paying your mortgage or not paying your rent is the best thing for you to do right now, 
because of what you know your circumstance is going to be or the changes, that's one thing. But right now, there are a lot of people, and I'm going to just keep it real, a lot of people don't really be actually paying their mortgage or their rent on time period. They don't really be doing that. And a lot of people are really living above their means. And we talk about this on this podcast a lot. And so if this comes and now is an opportunity for you to not pay your bills because you don't really like paying your bills no way, you're just taking advantage of something that doesn't have anything to do with you, particularly if you have the money. And if you were already a person who was behind on your bills, period, and now you're behind on your bills still, I mean, that's just who you are and that's just what you're doing. And that doesn't have anything to do with COVID-19. That's just how you are and how you choose to handle your money. And therefore, it leads you to where you are right now and where you will be in three more months when this is all over. So my biggest takeaway from this podcast this, this week is that we are headed, this is going to this is going to relieve itself as a health crisis within the next six to eight weeks, if not a little bit longer. But a good three months from now, I think we should be, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just doing my research. I think it's a big three months from now, we should be in a better place um, from a health perspective. From a financial perspective, the next 18 months to two years are going to be brutal. Brutal. Industries are collapsing that are going to struggle to come back. It's going to be brutal. And it's going to be brutal because just like with any boom or any time, when a company can realize um, that they can do more with less, they will. And this opportunity right now is showing them how they can do more or at least at a minimum the same with less. And so the, the crisis of this is going to be the negotiation around Everyone can't go remote because it takes away from business and, and governments, right? They need the spaces to be rented. They need, you know, people to be in, in the world and in the economy. They don't need everybody to work from home. This is not beneficial to anybody to have everybody work from home because there's some really economic drivers that, 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 that we need in order to keep the economy going. But it's going to become a negotiation because companies are going to say, I can save a whole bunch of money and not have to pay rent in a place like New York City that's exorbitant amount of rent, I can save money on that by limiting the amount of staff that I have coming in, which takes away from the amount of rent that's gonna get paid, which takes away from people coming in and, and going into food restaurants and getting coffee and all that stuff. It's all very much, in the, there's an effect. Every every decision is another effect and another effect. And so um, it's going to be a brutal next two years. And the question becomes, how are you gonna prepare for it? So I know I spent most of this episode kind of telling you about what's kind of going on in the world and advising you that if you can pay your bills, you should. I think that one of the biggest things that we need to know now is that we, you have to get yourself as recession proof as you can right now while you still have money in your pocket, money coming in. And this is because of the things that you're not doing outside because you're home. I know you're home because you're all staying home because you want us to flatten the curve. Um, I, this is an opportunity to pay down debt pay down bills. Listen, paying down debt does not have to be your priority right now because of the situation that we're in. And if you are a person who's already been amply saving, then this is an opportunity for you to pay down debt. But if you have not been saving, this is not pay down debt time. This is time to pay enough debt down on your debt so that you don't got nobody calling you. But this is a savings time. This is a time to save money and get cash in the bank. This is not a time to really focus heavily on paying off debt unless you have already had right now you got a nice stacked up savings and, you, and so you can continue on a saving that you've been doing 
and begin to address debt. That's one thing. This is not a time for you to address debt if you already have no savings. So everyone, 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 everyone who is listening to the sound of my voice, no matter which situation you're in, whether you've been saving or not saving, is a time to increase your savings. Everyone should be increasing the money going into their savings right now. If you can, meaning if you're employed and you are still bringing your money, if you are unemployed and you're not and you lost your job and then you're trying to get unemployment and all those things, this this part of it is not something I think you need to follow. You have to figure out how you're going to survive in these next couple of months. But if you are someone who's gainfully employed and still, you know, still receiving a, a paycheck, this is a time to increase your savings allocation, particularly if you're someone who's working from home, meaning you're losing out on a lot of the costs that used to just come with being out and about. Start increasing your savings. Understand that all the times when I would talk to you guys about the fact that you have to prepare for the crisis or the 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 hit that you don't know it, what it is. You have to be prepared for the unknown. You have to prepare yourself for what you don't even know will occur because that's how much you know it's gonna happen. The unknown is gonna happen. A thing is gonna come. An emergency is gonna come. It's going to happen. And you just don't know when and you don't know what it is gonna be, but you have to prepare for it. And so now that we kind of see this in real time where no one saw this coming, I mean, well, some people saw it come Anyway, we as the average Joe citizen did not see this coming and did not see the impact it was gonna have to have on us. I think that, you now understand where I'm coming from when I say you have to always be prepared for the crisis you don't even know is coming. So if this is an apple time to increase your savings. If a lot of people right now just got their tax returns back or had just recently gotten your tax return back and have many big, big plans on the spending it, and we can go back to episodes as to why I think you should not do that, but this is a good opportunity now. Any of that money, put it to your savings. Savings, 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 because... Guys, this is going to be a brutal next 18 months to two years. And I want you guys to be prepared for that. You know, I know we're all thinking, oh, my God, can't wait till this is all over so we can travel again. It may not be that. Um, we may need to put some money in our pocket instead of putting money into the traveling right now. Um, we may need to pull back on a lot of the things that we thought because we were in a position where prosperity was starting to seem normal. We were all feeling really good about the economy. But now when we come out of this, it's going to be trash. Like it's going to be so bad. And I don't, I'm not a doom and gloom person. Trust me. I'm telling you from what I know, from the projections I can see from work, from where the city and the states are going to be, state governments are cutting budgets left and right now because they're losing money every day on these, on this. Um, they're doing the right thing, but it's losing money. And state governments and city governments are required to balance. The federal government can run around carrying a trillion dollars in debt. That's fine. But the city, the city, the city and the states can't do that. And so they have to balance and so they have to cut. And so we are going to be in a really, you know, bad way um, for the foreseeable future as far as the overall economy goes. But it doesn't have to be that way for you. So this is an opportunity and a time to begin savings. I'm going to continue to talk about that in the next coming up episodes um, so that we can we can continue to kind of make a plan. <clears throat> Excuse me, a plan for how we're going to get through this because it's going to be. It's going to be something to get through for all of us, no matter where you are, no matter what you where you are, it's going to impact you. The question is, how bad will it be and how long will it take for you to come out on the other side? And that's what we're going to work together on. So, you know, understand that if you haven't had a chance, if you're home and you need some background noise, go back, go back to the beginning of this podcast and the episodes of talking about and you'll hear me saying about, you know, saving, saving, savings. 
it's the time. Now is the time. And if you've been listening to that and you've been doing that and you've been saving, then there you have before you a little bit of a safety net to help you through this really difficult process we're all about to go through. I promise you we will get through it. Um, it will be challenging, but we will get through it. And it, it it's all about the preparation. As much as we can see ahead, we have to prepare. And when we do that, it makes these more difficult financial times a little bit more manageable when we know what we're ready to experience and we can prepare in advance. So the next couple of episodes will be about that preparation, about how to handle the different shifts and changes, and so that you can really truly focus on your finances and make a plan for how you're going to come out on the other side of this. So again, we're going to get through this. We'll get through it together. I'll be here um, with the podcast. You'll be here listening and we'll get through it. And so, you know, if this is something that's been helpful for you, make sure you can share this with a friend, share this on social media so people can take an opportunity to join this financial emancipation movement so that because this is the time this is the time where people feel like they need that level of um of conversation about their finances as we're about to head into what's going to be a very difficult financial time for the majority of us i thank you so much today for listening you know i hope it's not too much doom and gloom um but i'm just here to tell the truth about what's happening and hopefully we can learn um some different ways on how we're going to get through this um, if you haven't already done so, just head on over to my Instagram and follow me at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter at FIN Emancipation. And if you have any questions for me, if, you, if you're if you curious about something, if you have, you know, a question you want me to answer or something, please feel free to DM me on um, Instagram or send me um, an email at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K at thefinancialemancipation.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to get through this. Be well, stay safe, social distancing, six feet away from each other, and wash your hands. No matter what you're doing, gloves, non-gloves, masks, wash your hands, wash your face constantly um, because you can touch your face and leave the, wash your hands, wash your face before you go to bed at night, making sure you're washing your face if you've been outside and stuff. So you just want to keep your hands and your face clean and that can help us to eliminate the spread and for everybody who's out there hardworking, first 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 responders frontline workers people who are dedicating all their hours and days to saving all of us thank you my, my my gratitude is to you and know that if you are going to be if you're out there there's a million of us behind you millions of us cheering for you and hoping that you get through this safely um and and back home to your own families Thank you so much for listening again today and we will make it through this. Have a great day.